What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. All right, tale of the tapes, episode sixteen. Today we will be covering NWA. So I'm, I'm excited about today's episode. NWA, super iconic, obviously, but I do expect this one to be a rather long episode as we're covering a really big group and three individuals, which is more than we usually cover. We usually try to do around two. In a case like this, three is okay. I won't really go above three in any one episode. So with really large groups, they'll get split up into multiple episodes and stuff like that. But uh, just bear with me with the episode. I'll get through it as quick as I can. I apologize for for last week. I really, I don't know what the hell happened. So hopefully that doesn't happen again this week. So as far as NWA is concerned, three of the five or 66% of the group's MCs qualified. So NWA as a group qualified, but its members, Arabian Prince, Ice Cube, and MC Ren were all scored as individuals. Dr. Dre and Eazy-E were not included in this study as they did not write most of their own lyrics. So it's not that they weren't good enough or the impact wasn't big enough or anything like that. But again, when you have people who really aren't writing the majority of their lyrics, that's going to exclude you at least from my study. If somebody else would like to put, you know, Eazy-E or Dr. Dre or somebody along those lines, you know, as a, as a greatest rapper of all time, I mean think it would be a little hard to make that argument considering the person didn't write their own rhymes, but to each their own. Um, I also want to note that all three of these artists that we're covering today were born and raised in the West Coast in California. So although we had Ice-T on here who is from and reps the West Coast, these are the first members we're seeing here who were actually born and raised on the West Coast. So all the way up till 1986, we had every single rapper being from that NYC area one way or another, maybe a Long Island here or two, something like that. Then we had Will Smith, who was from Philly. He was in 1986. And, you know, it's definitely not the New York City area, but it's not very far from it. And then in 1987, the following year, we had uh, Ice-T, who was from New Jersey and moved to the West Coast at a young age. And now in 1988, these are the first artists to be born and raised on the West Coast. So we're starting to see a little bit of a shift here in these past three years as far as the geography of hip-hop is concerned. So a little bit of background on NWA. NWA, an abbreviation for Niggas With Attitudes, was an American hip-hop group from Compton, California. They were among the earliest and most significant popularizers and controversial figures of the gangster rap subgenre and are widely considered one of the greatest and most influential groups in the history of hip-hop music. Active from 1987 to 1991, the rap group endured controversy owing to their music's explicit lyrics, which many viewed as being misogamous as well as to its glorification of drugs and crime. The group was subsequently banned from many mainstream American radio stations. In spite of this, the group has sold over 10 million units in the United States alone. Drawing on their own experiences of racism and excessive policing, the group made inherently political music. They were known for their deep hatred of the police system, which has sparked much controversy over the years. 
The original lineup, formed in 1987, consisted of Arabian Prince, Dr. Dre, Eazy-E, and Ice Cube. DJ Yella and MC Ren joined later that year. Arabian Prince left shortly after the release of their debut studio album Straight Outta Compton in 1988, with Ice Cube following suit in December of the following year. Eazy-E, Ice Cube, MC Ren, and Dr. Dre would later become platinum-selling solo artists in their own right in the 1990s. Their debut album marked the beginning of a new gangster rap era as the production and social commentary in their lyrics were revolutionary within the game. NWA's second studio album, Niggas for Life, was the first hardcore rap album to debut at number one on the Billboard 200 sales charts. Rolling Stone ranked NWA number 83 on their list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. In 2016, the group was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame following three previous nominations. So, a lot there as far as NWA, and I find it pretty crazy how we've been seeing so much of, you know, Years Active, 1984 to present and stuff like that. Years Active for this group, only 1987 to 1991, and we see a plethora of things here in this description. Obviously, you can tell off the bat that most of these guys are going to get pretty good scores and originality, if nothing else, just for being in the group. NWA was certainly pioneers. They certainly carved their own lane. They did their own thing. They, they were outside of the box of the norm of what was going on. Maybe not with their opinions, but more so with their approach and the way that they just came at their opinion and really did not give a fuck whatsoever. And were just on some, hey, this is what we see, this is what we're saying, and we don't give a fuck. I do think it's pretty crazy looking at how we're only up to 1988 here. NWA's debut album in 1988. And in just short eight years, I mean, we've seen dramatic turns where it's gone from, you know, just disco type music of, you know, get up and dance and this and that to a little bit more serious stuff. And we talked about how around 1987 was when it started to take a turn as far as, you know, gangster rap. You know, that subgenre kind of being created with the KRS-One and, um, and Spoonie G, stuff like that. But here in 1988 with NWA, it's, it's a little bit more than just, you know, violent talk and stuff like that. And it wasn't just a fuck you or, you know, titties or something like that. It was really vivid and explicit, but it was also very direct. You know, it wasn't a line here or there about the police don't give a fuck about us. It was, you know, a hit, basically a, a hit single entitled Fuck the Police. So just their approach was very straightforward and direct and aggressive and held no punches whatsoever. Um, so big shout out to NWA as a whole, man. And I definitely do not want to leave Easy and Dre out of this at all. You know, I, I'm probably going to bring them up multiple times. I mean, Dre is a producer alone was amazing, and I, I actually personally love Dre as a rapper, I, I love Dr. Dre's albums that he had, I love what he did with NWA, and, you know, I know that he doesn't write the majority of his of his rhymes or whatever, but I do think that the verses that he's picking are, are usually good verses, so he does have a good taste there, you know, with hip-hop music, which is obvious from the results that he's gotten both in production and as a rapper. And, you know, Eazy-E, I mean, everybody talks about, you know, what a hustler Eazy-E was and stuff like that. And, you know, the thing with Eazy-E is Eazy-E really wasn't a rapper. That's not really what was going on. And he kind of just, you know, did it 
and people were writing for him. And I know at a certain point in Easy's career, he did start writing his rhymes and things like that. But when you have this gray area with somebody who didn't write the majority of their rhymes and it's hard to tell exactly what song other people stopped writing any of their rhymes, you just, you know, I, I can't cross that bridge because there's no way for me to figure that out. So I'm going to just leave it as, you know, Easy e was not really a rapper. He didn't really write his own rhymes and, you know, he may have wrote some of his own verses and some of his own lines later on in his career and stuff like that. But, um, I just wanted to give a big shout out to Easy and Dre. Obviously, tremendously huge parts of this group. Super influential, super impactful people, but, you know, not qualified in this particular study here. So now moving on to the group's individuals. We're going to cover Arabian Prince first here. And the reason we're going to do that is I'm going to go in order now of when their debut solo albums came out. So Arabian Prince was the first one to have a solo album out. That was in 1989, which was a year after NWA's solo album. His birth name is Kim Renard Nazel, also known as Professor X. Born June 17, 1965 in Compton, California, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop and electro. Years active are listed as 1984 to present. Again, I'm not aware of him putting out anything recently, so he's probably active in other ways. A little bit of background on Arabian Prince. Kim Renard Nazelle, born June 17, 1965, better known by his stage names Arabian Prince or Professor X, is an American rapper, singer, songwriter, record producer, and DJ. He is best known as a founding member of NWA. So I think that this description, as short and sweet as it is, I do think that it fits Arabian Prince very well. He was a member of the group, but he was a member of the group for a short period of time. And then even his solo career, I believe he only had like two, one or two albums or something like that. So again, while he was definitely an instrumental part of the group, he really only is known for that, for being a part of the group. And I would even go, you know, a step further as to say that there are probably some people that know about NWA or know who NWA is, I should say, and have never heard of Arabian Prince. You know, you could even have people where name some of the members of NWA and people may name the majority of them. People are probably going to say Dr. Dre, Eazy-E, Ice Cube, things like that right away. I would say Arabian Prince is probably the last person that's going to get named on the majority of those lists unless you're talking to a real hip-hop head who, who really is involved in this stuff or maybe a really big fan of NWA or something like that. But I, I thought... The description was, was short and to the point, and I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I don't think there's too much else noteworthy to say about him other than what he did and what he was a part of. So since the way everything works out, it, you know, I don't want to get into too crazy of an explanation, but there's we're not going to find a song. We're not going to go to NWA's list and hit random, and, and a song is going to pop up with Arabian Prince, uh, MC Ren, and Ice Cube, because... Arabian Prince was only on like one song on their debut album then he left and you know there's going to be people that aren't qualified on the songs and things like that so you know they're being scored as individuals we're going to go through their lists as individuals and play a song from each of them so we'll go to Arabian Prince's list we'll hit random and this is Arabian Prince get on up
Okay, so a little bit of give and take here early on. He says, rolling, everybody dance with the soulin'. I'm the man with the mic and I'm controlling the floor, giving you more. And there's more in store as I take this party to the encore. So now those lines all make sense and they lead into each other well. But right away in the first four bars, we have two run on bars. You have a lot of one syllable, just one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme stuff there. So basic stuff, more bad than good there, if anything, because of the continued run on bars. Higher, hot like fire. So we have two two-syllable rhymes on that one bar. Everybody wet with sweat because it makes you perspire. So that's a pretty good bar right there. We have an A-A-B-B-A rhyme pattern. We have higher, A, hot like fire, A. Everybody wet, B, with sweat, B, because it makes you perspire, A. So we have a good rhyme pattern there. We have six rhymes in two bars and we have two syllables on three of those rhymes so that's a pretty good line there again they lead into each other well they make sense dripping but nobody's slipping the beat is hitting and yo i ain't tripping so i would say probably more good than bad now because he he makes up for the run on bars with a good line there where he has the different rhyme pattern the two syllables the six rhymes stuff like that and as a whole, all of these bars are strung together well. They all make perfect sense. They lead into each other well. He's painting a picture. Obviously, they're out at some sort of party on the dance floor and stuff like that. So let's see where he goes with this. Okay, so then he says, I know how to make you flow from the intro with the wave of your hand and then say ho. So you got four one-syllable rhymes there. Everybody off the wall, get involved, your problem solved. Three one-syllable rhymes. I'm here to make you quit. If you ain't here to dance, then take this chance and get out of here. So that's one of those scenarios where instead of rhyming the end of the rhymes, He's rhyming like mid-sentence and stuff like that. And then here doesn't rhyme with anything. So that's not a great line. This is for the real party people so you know what's up. It's time to dance, so get on up. Now again, what's up and get on up. There's no rhyme there. It's just up and up. That's that. There's more bad than good in that verse. Because really, out of the whole verse, the only real good line that you had was higher, hot like fire, everybody wet with sweat because it makes you perspire. That had six rhymes in the two bars, two syllables on three of the rhymes. And then the most of the rest of it was all run-on bars, all one-syllable rhymes. You had two bars that didn't rhyme. They just repeated the same thing. You had a reach. You had one where he rhymed the middle of the sentence instead of the end of the sentence. So a little bit all over the place with that verse. The one thing that he did do that was, that was consistently good was everything made sense. Everything led into each other well. Again, he's obviously talking about being at a party on a dance floor and stuff like that. And he stayed with that the whole verse. So he did a good job with that. The chorus is obviously a sample. Um, let's see what he does in the second verse.
Okay, so he has moving, getting with the grooving, everybody dance because the song's improving. You have three two-syllable rhymes on those two bars. But the line itself, it's not that it doesn't make sense. It's not that it's a bad line, but everybody dance because the song's improving. Eh, you know, again, not bad, but not good. If you can't dance, rock your head to the beat. Throw your hands in the air till you feel weak. So we're seeing a lot of the same thing that we've seen in the beginning. You're seeing a little bit of all over the place. And with the actual lines themselves, you're you're probably seeing in general, maybe not in this verse yet, but in general, you're seeing a lot of simplistic or more good than bad type of things. But again, he appears to be staying with what he was talking about. These bars lead into each other well. They make sense and stuff like that. So he, he's doing a good job with that. Yeah, then you shake it till you can't take it. If you get tired, move around and fake it. Exactly the same. You have shake, take, fake. Three one-syllable rhymes. Again, the bars lead into each other while they make sense, but the lines are certainly nothing special. You know, very, very simple. A little bit of a reach on some of them. So, pretty much more of the same here in the second verse. I'm not sure if either of these things by themselves... The first one I feel was borderline, you, you know, you maybe could have lost a little bit for that. The second one is kind of on the same exact pace. So I would say if the the second half of this verse goes the same way that the first verse and the first half of this one went, he's probably looking at, you know, losing at least a quarter of a point here just based on lyrics alone. Okay, so he says, Wit to the program, this is a show jam. Ask me to stop and I'll say no, ma'am. So again, three two-syllable rhymes. Tell the DJ to turn it up a little louder. Make the crowd and party people take a shower. And the music, I can use it. Make you want to go and jump through this. Again, three two-syllable rhymes. When you break the lines down themselves, it they're... They're not really good or great lines, but again, he's kept topic. They make sense. They lead into each other well. They're just mostly simplistic things. Um, he does throw in two syllables and three rhymes every now and then, which is which is good. It's a little bit above average, but again, the lines themselves, when you break what he's saying down, are not great. A lot of run-on bars. Some lines don't rhyme, you know, things like that. And get busy because I know what's up. Everybody in the place, you got to get on up. So again, he ends his verse with a different line than he ended it with in the first one. But the two same quote-unquote rhymes that don't rhyme. So it's really just a bad combination because he's using the same thing of what's up and get on up. He's just changing the words before it. And what's up and get on up don't rhyme. They're the same words. So at this point, you know... It's definitely a little below average. I'm not going to call it a zero yet. Um, if he can continue to keep up the general topic of this song, he could probably bring it back to average unless he really tanks on this on this third verse here. So we'll see where he goes from here. I'm going to just let the whole third verse rock out.
Okay, so he says, yo, Maxin, nah, no time for relaxing. Just getting to the floor instead of waxing the sound. No time to sit down. You have to get up so you can get down. So you have Maxin, relaxing, and waxing. So again, three two-syllable rhymes. But again, a run-on bar, just, just getting to the floor instead of waxing the sound. Then he goes on to no time to sit down and rhymes that with you have to get up so you can get down. Now, we could say sit and get. You could certainly say that in a fashion where it's a rhyme, but again, it's not two syllables. It's just sit and get. Um, and we do have the run on ball before it. Let yourself go. Get into the flow as A-Rab makes this a hype show. Three one-syllable rhymes. Very, very simple. From intro to intro, you know that the size of the crowd will grow. Same exact thing as the two bars before it. Large. That's the kind of life I'm living. That's why I try to keep giving. Two two-syllable rhymes. Something new for you to try to dance to. So we have new, you, two. Work your body till the song is through. So we got four one-syllable rhymes on the two bars there. That's not a great line, but that's one of the better lines. But then, you know, work your body till the song is through. Again, there's just nothing great. He he threw the four one-syllable rhymes on there, but these are just really simplistic lines. Just flex it all the way up to the exit, but don't stop there because next is the chorus. Yeah, it is more of this, so you know what's up. You got to get on up. So there's a lot of problems with these last couple of lines. You have flex it and exit, which are on the first bar there, and those are two two-syllable rhymes on the first bar, so that starts off decent. Then he says, but don't stop there because next is the chorus, which is a run-on bar. And then he says, yeah, there's more of this, which is kind of a reach and a stretch for a rhyme because it's chorus, which is two syllables, more of this, three syllables. And then he just throws in at the end so you know what's up, you got to get on up because he kind of ran out of space or whatever the case was there where his line was ending he was rhyming things in the middle of his bar, and then he kind of just had to throw that at the end. And again, he used another thing where it's what's up, get on up, which don't really rhyme. And, you know, it's the same but different as what he said on the ones before it. So I would say this song would be just slightly below average. You'd be safe calling this song average. Again, in succession, if he did this which i i actually believe he did i believe he did you know from what i remember i believe he did rap like this on the majority of his songs so again you know maybe three or so of those songs in a row like that where every verse it's two three four run on bars and every verse ends you know or every verse has two bars that don't rhyme or it has you know mid-sentence rhymes and the ends don't rhyme and stuff like that you know when you get a bunch of songs like that in a row I'm probably going to wind up calling one of those a weak song because, again, this study is about averages. It's about not which things were what, not which albums were great, not which songs were great. It's more about the totality of things, of how many great songs, how many weak songs, how many classic albums, stuff like that. So, you know, listening to these things in succession, it's a little bit easier to, to score these songs and stuff like that. So now that you've heard some Arabian Prince Let's check out what I wrote down when I was listening to him. I wasn't very knowledgeable on Arabian Prince before doing this study, and considering his lack of work put out, I guess it's not that surprising. For the most part, he was pretty good at being able to keep a topic, 
but at times he was also one of those artists that would rap about whatever they wanted and then say the name of the song at the end of each verse as if that made everything before it relevant. Overall, his rhymes were mostly simplistic. He had run-on bars, reached with a lot of lines, and sometimes didn't rhyme at all, leaving him below average lyrically. Arabian Prince was only on one song on Straight Outta Compton and none on their other albums. He also only had two solo albums, one being good and the other being average. Of his 22 qualifying songs, none were great, three were good, and one was weak. If it weren't for the mere fact of being part of NWA, his impact on hip-hop would have been very small between only being on the one song on one album with the group, no clear influences on any artist, and his small catalog. There wasn't an awful lot to judge from, but NWA as a group was pretty original, and Arabian Prince never borrowed anything from anyone, and did have some clever song concepts and titles. So, again, like I said, you know, about listening to the song in succession, I said if he did that on a lot of songs, and I told you that I remembered off the top of my head that he did, and you pretty much heard exactly in that description what you just saw in that song when we listened to it. We saw simplistic rhymes for the most part he did have double syllables he did have some three and four rhymes per bar but for the most part very simplistic lines run on bars uh some reaches sometimes didn't rhyme um we just saw all of that so that was a very good example of what you got a lot and we also saw that he was good at, at being able to keep a topic which i stated in my uh in my breakdown also and we did see him do that in that song too so that was probably a very appropriate, accurate song for Arabian Prince there for you to get a taste of what he was like for the most part. Um, breaking down what I said into the math, lyrics he gets a 4, albums he gets 3.63 with 0 classics, songs he gets a minus .45, so almost a minus a half a point, impact he gets a 5.5, again, this is the type of thing where you know, solo and, and stuff like that. If you look at his solo career, which was very small, it wasn't big, it wasn't very successful, it wasn't very impactful. There was really no artist that I saw that clearly took anything from him. You know, all that factored in, normally you would get certainly a below average score on impact for that. But, you know, call it what you want to call it, small part, whatever it was, he still was a part of a very iconic and influential group. So, again, I think that alone just carries him to just above average. So I gave him a five and a half there. And originality, he gets a seven and a half. Again, there wasn't too much of him to, to judge from. Very small body of work, only 22 songs. But, again, it's kind of one of those things where the group in general was super original. He didn't borrow anything from anybody that I ever saw. He's got to get a, a good score there on originality for sure. You add all those up, you divide by five, you get a final score of 4.04, which leaves him tied for 82nd place overall of 117 artists done. So big shout out to Arabian Prince, man. Again, I, I didn't know too much on him. I can't say I was like a fan of him or anything like that, but part of one of the most iconic hip hop groups of all time. So big shout out to Arabian Prince. Moving on to Ice Cube, whose debut solo album was in 1990. He was born O'Shea Jackson, June 15, 1969, in Los Angeles, California, United States. 
years active are listed as 1986 to present. Cube has had an album out in the past couple of years. I'm not sure how many years ago that was at this point. It may have been like close to four years ago. I can't really remember off the top of my head, but I do know in the past couple of years, Cube definitely has had an album out, so that that active status is certainly warranted. Little bit of background on Ice Cube. O'Shea Jackson, born June 15, 1969, known professionally by his stage name Ice Cube, is an American rapper, actor, producer, director, and writer. Ice Cube gained initial recognition alongside Dr. Dre and Eazy-E as a member of the hip-hop group N.W.A. He gained extreme notoriety as the group's primary songwriter and performer, noted for becoming one of the founding artists of gangster rap and pushing the boundaries of lyrical content in mainstream popular music as well as visual imagery in music videos. After leaving NWA in December of 1989, Ice Cube embarked on a successful solo career, releasing the albums America's Most Wanted in 1990 and Death Certificate in 1991 both of which have attained platinum certification in the United States while also being classed as defining albums of the 1990s. Much of his musical output has contained harsh socio-political commentary and storytelling, which has earned him several accolades from multiple publications and artists, often cited as an influence and one of the best rappers of all time. Following the release of Death Certificate, Ice Cube transitioned into film, where his popularity was further enhanced by his starring role in Boys in the Hood in 1991, where his performance was heavily praised. He also wrote and starred in the Friday film series, which contributed to reinventing his public image as a movie star. Ice Cube has also featured in the Barbershop, Ride Along, and the Triple X film series, while also serving as a producer to several other films, including Straight Outta Compton in 2015, a biographical film depicting the career of N.W.A. As a businessman, Ice Cube has founded his clothing line Solo by Cube, as well as the 3-on-3 basketball league Big 3, which primarily features retired NBA players. So... General consensus here, what I get right away from reading that on Cube is, Cube does Cube does big things, man. You know, Cube was one of the one of the the main guys in NWA, leaves NWA, goes on to have a tremendous solo career as a rapper, and then just branches off into all these other things. Where again, one thing may have been more successful than the other, but all of them successful in their own right. I mean. I'm not saying Ice Cube is one of the greatest actors of all time, but Ice Cube is Ice Cube is in some big movies. He's in some great movies. I love All About the Benjamins. Everybody loves Friday, Boys in the Hood, Barbershop. I mean, the dude, you know, he was successful to say the least in his in his movie career. And he's behind the scenes in a lot of these things. He's doing a lot of the writing for these for these um these songs and a lot of, you know, a lot of things behind the scenes that are contributing to things that he might not be on the screen with. Benny's got the clothing line, the three-on-three basketball league, stuff like that. So, again, I just see a lot of Cube being a really... He's, he's obviously a hustler, and he's obviously a very successful businessman. Seems like an intelligent dude. I, you know, I think it would be hard to, to be that successful at that many things, not being an intelligent dude, but... I mean, you see plenty there as far as just hip-hop. It's not like we're seeing just a, a bunch of random shit listed here and nothing about his hip-hop accolades. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got platinum solo albums. You obviously have a tremendous amount of success with the group with NWA and stuff like that. 
So a lot of big things there from Cube. You know, I'm sure just on his name alone and things like that, you could expect him to to have a big impact score here. Now let's go to Ice Cube's list. Let's hit random. And this is Ice Cube 24 Mo Hours. Put the whoop on him. Ice Cube, aka Put the whoop on him. Put the whoop on him. Put the whoop on him. Keep it gangsta, y'all. Keep it gangsta. 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 All my life. Everything is real on this concrete and steel. Niggas pay your cap for a happy meal. I got to deal with this ball of confusion, world of illusions. We ain't losing, player. We's winning. Praying every night when we sending paper chasing, grinning. Why you still chasing women round tables? No lieutenants. You your own man grown. It's Ice Cube and the family stone. Breaking bread every night in LA. And I pray for one more day. That's nature. It's 90 degrees, no enemies in sight. Even the dying got to fall to his knees. Every night, can I get 24 more hours can I get without dealing with these killers and these cows? Can I, can I, can I don't want to lose, all I want to do is win. I fucked up today, can I try it again? Okay, so he's got everything is real on this concrete and steel. Niggas, peel your cap for a happy meal. Pretty good line there. He's got the three one syllable rhymes on the two bars, and obviously it makes sense. And he's, you know, just saying that. Trust me, bro, we don't, you know, we don't have to pay people around here. Like, I know dudes that would kill you for nothing just because they want to or just because I'm asking them to. I got a deal, which goes back to real steel and meal. I got a deal with this wall of confusion, world of illusions. We ain't losing, player. We's winning. Playing every night when we spend in paper chasing, grinning. So you have the... We ain't losing, player, we's winning. That's a run on bar. That gets cut off in the middle, but that could cancel each other out because the line that it that went into it, I gotta deal with all of this confusion, world of illusions. He does have two three-syllable rhymes on the one bar there, and then he has losing, which is two, and it's a run on bar. So, again, a little bit of give or take there in that line. Then, playing every night when we sin in paper, chasing, grinning, while you still chasing women round tables, no lieutenant. So he words this well because he's got sinning, then he's got chasing, grinning. So two two-syllable rhymes on the first bar. Then he goes into while you still chasing women. So women sinning, grinning, round tables, no lieutenants, which is... There's nothing special about that line. It's not mind-blowing or amazing, but, I mean, it makes sense. It's not Again, it's not a great line, but it makes sense. I get where he's going with it, and he does have four two-syllable rhymes on the two bars there, and he kind of, you know, does a little bit of a wordplay there with we sinning, paper chasing, grinning while you still chasing women. So, pretty good line there. Use your own man grown. It's Ice Cube and the Family Stone. Very simple line there, nothing great about that. Breaking bread every night in LA, and I pray for one more day that's innate. It's 90 degrees, no enemies in sight. Even the Don gotta fall to his knees every night. So you got LA, pray, innate, so three one-syllable rhymes there. Um, it's a decent line. And then it's 90 degrees, no enemies in sight. 
even the Don got to fall to his knees every night. So you got degrees A, enemies A, insight B, even the Don got to fall to his knees A every night B. So you have an A-A-B-A-B rhyme pattern there. Everything's one syllable, but still a pretty good line. It makes sense. Again, it's nothing incredible or special, but it is a pretty good rhyme scheme. He does have five rhymes in the two bars, so decent ending to the verse there. That's probably just an average verse there. A little bit of give and take. You got a run-on bar. You got four rhymes with two syllables on them. You got a decent line. You got a simplistic line. You got a little bit of a reach. A little bit of a little bit of everything right there from Cube. Probably more good than bad, but nothing enough to to carry it up above average. And then the hook. Can I get 24 more hours without dealing with these killers and these cowards? I don't want to lose. All I want to do is win. I fucked up today. Can I try it again? So that's a pretty good hook there. Um, again, one of the few hooks that we've had on the podcast where. The actual rapper is doing the hook and spitting actual lines instead of just repeating one word every time or something like that. Again, you don't have to do that every time. I'm not, you know, particularly trying to say that one is better than the other. I want to leave personal preference out of this. And, you know, personal preference or not, you know, you don't want to hear the same thing from everybody, even if it is what you prefer. Sometimes you want to hear something different. So that's not what I'm trying to do. I do just want to point out that it is has been a rarity so far up to this point, at least, you know, when listening to these songs in this podcast. So he's got hours, cowards, and then win and again, and uh, the lines are pretty good. They make sense. Again, nothing great, nothing that would carry this above average, but I'm loving every breath like a cold sip of soda while I'm banking down these back streets. Thanks for looking over. Damn show nice to know you. Fuck a four leaf clover. And thanks for this Range Rover. We gets down with this underground gangster shit. Politicians and parents always having a fit. Everybody wanna know who you with, where you from, why you looking at me dumb. He's a bullet cause you number one. Nobody knows the fate of a platinum rap star. Nobody knows. We got to wait until tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a nigga like you. Yeah, yeah. You know I got the ball. Can I get 24 more hours? Without dealing with these killers and these cows. I don't wanna lose. All I wanna do is Okay, so verse two, I'm loving every breath like a cold sip of soda while I'm banking down these back streets. Thanks for looking over. So you got soda over, two syllables on the rhyme there, one rhyme per bar. Um, He's basically just being grateful here. You know, grateful for the air that he breathes. And, um, and he goes into, damn sure nice to know you, fuck a four-leaf clover, and thanks for this Range Rover. So again, just, you know, more... He's saying it in a different fashion. He's saying it in kind of a, a dismissive fashion where he's thankful, you know, and he's grateful for for what he has and the end result and stuff like that. But at the same time, he's not wasting too much of his time on thinking about any one particular person or anything like that. We gets down with this underground gangster shit. Politicians and parents always having a fit. Nothing wrong with that line. It's not bad. It's very simplistic. One one-syllable rhyme on each bar. Makes sense, though. They lead into each other well. Everybody want to know who you wit, where you from, why you looking at me dumb. Here's a bullet because you're number one. So he's basically saying, you know, in this verse, what it's like to be a rapper. If you go through all the lines again, you know, thanks for looking over. Thanks for this Range Rover. 
politicians and parents always having a fit. Everybody want to know who you with, where you from, why you looking at me dumb. So basically he's insinuating that there's always something to say to me. Whether you want to talk to me or you want to ask me where I'm from or you want to ask me this or you want to take a picture with me or you want to start a fight with me while you looking at me dumb or maybe you're just jealous and envious of me. Here's a bullet because you're number one. Nobody knows the fate of a platinum rap star. We got to wait until tomorrow. And I'm a nigga like you. You know I got the bar. So this is a pretty good verse here. This is definitely more good than bad. Again, he's just talking about what it's like to be a rapper. I, I never know. One of you guys is staring at me. Is it because you want to shoot me or because you, you love me? I don't know. We'll have to wait until tomorrow. And then he's basically saying, I'm like you. I got the bar. So there's pros and cons of being a rapper. Some of the pros are that people love you and they do want to talk to you and take pictures with you. Some of the cons are that you don't know if those people love you and want to take pictures of you or if they're fucking trying to kill you. Some of the pros are, thanks for the Range Rover, I got a sick car. Some of the cons are, you know, I want to fucking shoot you just because I'm, I'm jealous of you or whatever. Some of the pros are, you, you know I got the bar. I'm rich. I got mad money. You know I got that. So, I think he did a good job there of explaining some of the pros and cons and what it's like being a hip-hop star and stuff like that in that verse again there was no great or amazing like lines in there or anything like that but i overall a pretty good verse Let's see where he goes in the third one put the whoop on them look to a lie put the whoop on them pray to your god put the whoop on them i look to a lie put the whoop on them the prosperity these niggas wanna bury me your bitch wanna marry me rolling mold in a cherokee don't i drive what i want and what i ain't driving i don't want let it be known police hit the count in the regal but these legal niggas dollars got bald eagles nigga can't undermine mr grind you rapping about the same shit i rapped about in 89 trying to be the new fine but rap's complex they love you one minute and they hate you the next Push my legs through the California sunshine Look back on my life and say, damn, I done done fine Mr. Ice Cube, I'm always on the grind Dime, mega, mega, dime, dime, mega, mega, dime Can I get 24 more hours Without dealing with these killers and these cowards I don't wanna lose, all I wanna do is win I fucked up today, can I try it again? Keep it gangsta, y'all Keep it gangsta, Keep it gangsta, y'all Keep it gangsta, y'all. Keep it gangsta, keep it gangsta, keep it gangsta, y'all. Keep it gangsta all my life. Okay, so Mr. Prosperity, these niggas wanna bury me, your bitch wanna marry me. Rolling more than a Cherokee. So you got four multi-syllabic rhymes there, you know, two syllables on some of them, three syllables on some of them. So that's good. And he's basically just listing things, you know, I'm this. This is what dudes want to do to me. This is what girls want to do to me. And then he says rolling more than a Cherokee. You know, I'm not 100% sure what he's insinuating there. I'm I'm inclined to believe that that's just a little bit of a reach there. It's not really a great line. Again, it's nothing bad. He certainly wouldn't lose points for that. It's not like it doesn't make sense. It makes sense. I just don't really know what he means by saying that he's rolling more than a Cherokee. Um... But again, maybe it's something that I'm missing. But I mean, even if even if I knew why he was saying he's rolling, let's say I knew that Ice Cube took a lot of ecstasy or something and he was talking about rolling on ecstasy, it's still not a great line because 
you know, it's basically as simple as saying I'm rolling like a car, which is not a great line. And you're only using Cherokee because it's bury me and prosperity and you could have named any car. So again, it's just overall, it's not a great line. It's nothing bad, but don't I drive what I want and what I ain't driving, I don't want, let it be known. So that's kind of one of those things where it's like either a run on bar or he's rhyming with the middle of the word there with the let it be known and the don't and stuff like that. So not really a great a great line there. I mean, the, I drive what I want and what I ain't driving, I don't. I, I get that. That is a pretty good line. The way that he rhymed all of it is not really worded in the best way that it could be. But the line itself is pretty good. He's basically saying that he can drive whatever he wants and whatever he's not driving, he doesn't want because if he did want it, he would just go get it. Permits hit the conk in the regal, but weed's legal, niggas' dollars got bald eagles. You can't undermine Mr. Grime. You rap about the same shit I rapped about in 89. So simple as far as the actual rhymes are concerned with Grime in 89 and with the conk in on the regal and uh, dollars got bald eagles. Again, it's nothing bad, and it's got two syllables on it, and he's got legal also, so it's the three two-syllable rhymes in the two bars, but the lines themselves are not really great. Some of them are, are a little bit of a reach. You rap about the same shit I rapped about in 89 is a decent line because this is one of Cube's later songs, probably around like 2000 or so, I believe. So again, it makes sense. I get what he's saying, but the two lines before it are not great. They're not bad, but... Trying to be the new fiend, but rap's complex. They love you one minute and they hate you the next. So he's basically just saying that you're you're on this mission to where he he states it as trying to be the new fiend. You're trying to be the new thing that like everybody wants, that everybody's fiending for. But rap's, rap's complex. They love you one minute and they hate you the next. So. You striving to be that that popular trendy thing right now. Understand that even if you get it, rap's complex. They love you one minute, then they hate you the next. So it doesn't really mean shit even if you get it because you may get it and then next month nobody gives a fuck about you or something comes out and they hate you or whatever way he's trying to put it, which is, which is accurate and honestly is pretty accurate with a lot of the entertainment business in general, you know, fans or or a crowd or whatever could definitely turn on you very quick and in the blink of an eye or the snap of a finger so i you know and i was involved in it pretty heavily for a very long time both you know in making music and being behind the scenes with recording other people's music and doing audio engineering and went to school for the business of music and all that type of stuff so i was involved in it it is complex and they do love you one minute and they do hate you the next but like i said that kind of goes with with most of the entertainment industry in general. Push my Lex through the California sunshine. So he's got Lex that goes back with complex and next in the line before it. Look back on my life and say, damn, I've done fine. So you got sunshine, done fine, two syllables on the rhyme, one rhyme per bar. But that's a pretty good line there. I, I can respect that. I mean, just think about it. Think about your life and, and what it is that you want to accomplish or what makes you feel like you're successful or something. And he's kind of looking at it as like, you know what, man, I'm driving in a Lexus in my hometown in the sunshine. And I'm looking back at my life 
And I, you know, I'd say, damn, I've done fine, which is a fucking amazing thing, man. I mean, that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. If you, if you look back, everybody's got to go, right? Everybody got to go one day. So if you could look back before your time is up and say, damn, I've done fine, then you good, bro. You at peace with yourself. You know, if you're happy and you feel that you were successful, it doesn't really matter what the numbers say. If, if you achieved your own personal success, then I, you know, again, I would say you've done fine. So I like that line there. It's, Again, it's only the one rhyme per bar, but he did have the Lex, which went back to the line before it, and he had the two syllables on the rhyme. They led into each other well. They made sense, so that's a pretty good line. Mr. Ice Cube, I'm always on the grind. The Don Mega Don, Don Mega Don. So, I don't really think he was trying to spit bars on those last two lines. He took a little bit of a break, threw some ad-libs in, said, damn, I've done fine. And then, you know, the always, always and stuff like that to break it up. So I kind of think he was just more so like ending that off on a, on a certain note. Um, that obviously doesn't rhyme with anything. But again, in context of the way it was done, uh, he's not going to lose points for that. I really think it was just an artistic thing where he was just kind of vibing out towards the end of the verse like that. That's pretty much a solid average song right there. I mean, there was more good than bad in that song. You could maybe argue for like a quarter point somewhere, whether it was on the hook or based on a couple of those good lines, like the LA sunshine and look back, damn, I've done fine. There was a couple of good ones in there to, you know, the rap, they love you one minute, they hate you the next. There was nothing amazing, nothing mind blowing. Most of that was simplistic. Pretty much an average song there for the most part. Again, when you listen to them in succession, it's a little easier to tell why certain people are doing certain things and it's a little bit easier to score them certain ways and stuff like that but safe bank to say that that's an average song right there from what i can think of off the top of my head that that song isn't too far off from what you normally get from cube you got a couple of multi-syllabic rhymes in there uh a couple good lines uh a couple of really simplistic ones you know a little artistry here where he kind of wasn't really rhyming the greatest things, but was doing his own little sound and stuff. So I think that was a pretty good portrayal of, of Cube from what I remember of him. And now that you heard that, let's get into what I wrote down when I listened to Cube. Ice Cube saw more commercial success and had a bigger overall effect on hip-hop as a whole than some other members of NWA. He was a little above average lyrically as he did have some dope lines but also had a handful of weak ones and some pretty simple bars and rhyme schemes. He was a bit inconsistent from verse to verse and sometimes even bar to bar and seemed almost lackadaisical at some points. Cube appeared on NWA's debut album Straight Outta Compton and then left the group. From there he went on to drop 9 solo albums, 8 of which were good albums. Out of the 192 qualifying songs, he did manage to make 6 great ones but also had four weak ones. Musically, he influenced the likes of Sig, Joe Budden, Benefit, Biggie, Spice One, Willie D, MC Hammer, MC Ren, E-40, and others, while also managing to become a household name in the process. For the most part, Ice Cube was your typical West Coast rapper in style and appearance, but he did have a few number of songs where he did show some original artistic talent like A Gangsta's Fairy Tale and Three Strikes You Win. Cube was a real dude and backed most of his rhymes and beliefs, so that also helps him in that department. So the math of what we just broke down, lyrics he gets a 5.5, albums he gets a 4.21 with zero classics, 
Songs, he gets a plus .10, as he did have more great songs than weak songs. Impact, he gets an 8, which is a big number, but again, NWA, obviously a huge impactful group. He was a major part of that, one of the main guys in it. Then, like I said, goes on to have a tremendous solo career, and, you know, things of that nature, extremely successful, and becomes a household name. I mean, whether you listen to rap or not, really, you know who Ice Cube is. Whether it's from acting, or it's from basketball, or it's from his clothing line, or it's from rap. Most likely, it's from rap. But my point being that he's made himself a household name one way or the other. And while that's not going to carry you to a nine and a half or anything like that, or maybe might not even really affect your score other than maybe a half a point or something like that, it is something to just add on to all the other accolades that he has as far as impact is concerned. Originality, he gets a 7. Again, you'd be hard-pressed to give anybody from NWA a low originality score, to be quite honest with you. I mean, even if they weren't the most original in, like, image or, you know, song topics or things like that, just being part of NWA is, I'm sure, going to carry anybody that was in it to at least an above-average score in originality. The group was super original the way that they came out. They did something that had never been done before up until that point, so I don't want to take that away from any of those members. And like I said, Cube did have a couple of songs that were definitely very artistic and original, so he gets a, a, a good score there in the originality department. I think... Based off just looking at this off the top of my head right now, Arabian Prince, his his originality score was a seven and a half, which is a half a point higher. That was probably mostly for the for the most part carried by his image and the way that he looked and dressed like that and stuff. Um, it's not to say that Q was super unoriginal in that department, but I thought a very little bit outshined there by uh, by a half a point by Arabian Prince, but nothing major. Add all those five scores up and divide by five, you get a final score of 4.96, which leaves him tied for 17th place overall of 117 artists done. So not a bad finish there at all by Ice Cube. He's in our top 20 right now which um, should definitely equate to Ice Cube finishing overall in the top 75 or so. He's probably going to wind up being a little bit lower than that. I would say he's probably going to be in like the low 60s, if I had to guess. Um, but he should definitely be in that in that top 75. Again, shout out to Ice Cube, man. I, I, was, I was never a giant fan of any of these guys. Not really NWA as a group and not really any of these guys throughout their solo career but that being said i certainly never disliked any of these guys i really fucked with dre the most out of all of them dre is one of my top three favorite producers along with uh primo and alchemist and there's a couple that are right there with alchemist but i mean dre and primo are my my solid top two but again tremendous artists here man pioneers iconic iconic artists here that did amazing things in the game so Big shout out to everybody in this group. And since we've covered Arabian Prince and Cube, let's move on to MC Ren, whose debut solo album was in 1992. His birth name is Lorenzo Gerald Patterson, also known as the villain, the ruthless villain, the villain in black, 
mad scientist, and rebel villain. Born June 16, 1969 in Compton, California, United States. Genres listed as hip-hop. Years active are listed as 1987 to present. I don't know of any recent projects that he's put out. Um, so again, it's probably has to do with some more behind the scenes thing or maybe doing shows or being active with some NWA things or whatever. I, I don't particularly know. I didn't specifically look into that, but pretty confident that he hasn't had any albums as of late. Little background about MC Ren. Lorenzo Gerald Peterson, born June 16, 1969, better known by his stage name MC Ren, is an American rapper, songwriter, and record producer from Compton, California. He is the founder and owner of the record label Villain. His moniker is derived from the middle letters in his first name, Lorenzo. MC Ren began his career as a solo artist signed to Easy es Ruthless Records in early 1987 while still attending high school. By the end of 1987, after having written nearly half of Easy Does It, he became a member of NWA. After the group disbanded in 1991, he stayed with Ruthless before leaving the label in 1998. So, again, I think we I think we get a pretty good description here of MC Ren. You know, no major accolades there, no tremendous commercial success, definitely not in the way that, that Ice Cube had it. One of the the lesser popular guys of the group, I was going to say him along with Arabian Prince before as probably being the lesser known guys of the group. I would say Arabian Prince is, you know, probably less known than MC Ren, but again, Ren certainly did not have the popularity of Cube or Dre or Easy or anything like that, so... um I think this this uh, background here is is pretty accurate. You know, it explains where and how he started, and that he was uh, he was a writer for a lot of the early on stuff, even before he had put anything out himself. Uh, he was a writer for Easy. We talked about how Easy didn't really write his own rhymes, so there you have it. You probably had MC Ren writing the majority of his rhymes. I'm sure in the group you had Ice Cube writing a lot of Easy's rhymes and stuff like that too. And then it spoke about how he stayed with Ruthless. I, I believe, off the top of my head from what I can remember, I believe that MC Ren stayed with Ruthless Records for the longest out of anybody that was ever in NWA. And Ruthless Records was uh, Easy es record label, which was continued on by his wife after Easy es death. And I believe that uh, I believe that Ren was still on there after after Easy e died. So that was noteworthy to put in there. Now, without further ado, let's go to MC Ren's list. Let's hit random. And this is, okay, ironically enough, this is MC Ren coming after you featuring Ice Cube. Now, normally, if I get a song that's featuring somebody, I will click and go to the next randomized song because I am not going to listen to or cover a song with an artist that did not qualify in this study. I'm just not wasting our time doing that. I'm not going to sit here and break somebody down that's not included in this study. But not only is Ice Cube included in this study, but Ice Cube is included on this podcast episode. So we can certainly go ahead and listen to an MC Ren song that has Ice Cube on it. What? <laughs> uh. <laughs> Real niggas, y'all niggas know what time it is. They never thought they see this. Check this shit out right here. 
In case you didn't know, my flow's broke for show. I'm making sure you niggas don't try me no more. Weak shit, you talking, I'm surprised that shit's selling. Do for self, niggas full of felons, who the fuck you telling? Bragging about money, where that shit be at? After videos, all that shit, we never see that. Bitches with big asses, blunts, and big cars. Shot calling niggas, pissy drunk in them titty bars. Okay, so he says, in case you didn't know, my flows rock the show. I'm making sure you niggas don't try me no more. So you got no flows show mo. So you got four rhymes on the two bars, all one syllable. But this is a pretty good line. Um, makes perfect sense. Now, when you start having four plus rhymes on your bars, and you're not just throwing random words in, that rhyme but aren't really necessarily going in a sentence that's a good thing because it's difficult to throw in four five six seven eight words that rhyme in a short amount of time like that and still have it be a fluent sentence so he does a good job of that here weak shit you talking and i'm surprised it's selling do for self niggas full of felons who the fuck you telling bragging about money where that shit be at after your videos, all that shit, we never see that. Bitches with big asses, blunts, and big cars. Shot calling niggas pissy drunk in them titty bars. So basically, he's being aggressive here again. Calling out a lot of people. You know, starts off with kind of bigging himself up. I'm making sure you don't try me no more. You're shit talking and I'm surprised it's selling. And look who you're talking to. He's basically saying, look who you're talking to. These are do for self dudes... We're, our crew is full of felons. Who the fuck are you trying to act hard to? You're trying. You're talking a bunch of bullshit to who? To me? Look who we're surrounded by, bro. You ain't impressing me. Bragging about money, where that shit be at after videos, all that shit. We never see that. Which is con I like this line a lot. It's at and that, so it's a very simple scheme on the actual rhyme there. One syllable, one rhyme per bar. But it's a really good line because a lot of people don't know that a lot of the shit that people have in these videos is not theirs. Those cars in the videos are not theirs. The chains in the videos are not theirs. Their fucking clothes in the videos are not theirs. So it's like, you know, he's continuing on this trend of you're talking about and, and even visualizing a whole bunch of bullshit. You're talking shit that I don't believe. You ain't impressing me and the felons that I got around me. You're bragging about your money. Where is it? All the shit that I see in your videos, bitches with big asses, blunts, and big cars. All the shit. I don't see none of it outside of your videos. So this, these have all made sense. They've all led into each other well. Some pretty good bars here. For the most part, simplistic. There was, you know, he had the four one-syllable rhymes. He had the two two-syllable rhymes. And the rest was... Mostly just one syllable, one rhyme per bar. But the lines are pretty good. So where they're simplistic, you're getting a good line. And where they're a little bit more complex, it's also not a shitty line. It still makes sense. They still lead into each other well and stuff like that. So definitely more good than bad from Ren here early. Ren assassinating all of these. Whack ass rapping niggas and say they selling keys and pimping holes and smoking a million blunts a day. Shooting a hundred niggas and saying they walked away without a scratch. Some Rambo shit, side of hand. Living with your mama talking about a hundred grand. Nigga, please, who the fuck you think you talking to? Real niggas coming after you. We out. Fake ass ballers, who we talking to? We coming out on records about what you do. We coming. Shit y'all doing is played out. We coming. Come with that shit, we coming.
So we heard in the, in the first half of the verse what he was sick and tired of, and then he goes on in the second half of the verse to say, Ren assassinating all of these whack-ass rapping niggas that say they selling keys. Now, this is a decent line. It's these and keys, which is just a one-syllable rhyme on each bar, and it is a run-on bar. So it's not a great line. It's not a bad line, but it's more good than bad on that particular line. And then he says, and pimping hoes and smoking a million blunts a day, shooting a hundred niggas and saying he walked away. So now he's going through all the type of people that he's saying he's assassinating. I'm assassinating whack rappers that say they're selling keys and they're pimping hoes and they're smoking a million blunts a day. And they're shooting a hundred people and saying he walked away and stuff like that. So... It's continuing on the same trend and topic as it started off on. He's done a good job of incorporating it in a way where all these bars lead into each other well. Again, you have the one run-on bar. You have a lot of simplistic actual rhymes here, but the lines for the most part are pretty good. Then he picks up off with a run-on bar right there of, Without a scratch, some Rambo shit, it's out of hand. Living with a mama talking about a hundred grand. Pretty good line. It's only hand and grand, sort of one syllable, one rhyme each on the bar, but... It's a good line. It makes sense. They lead into each other well. Um, it's not necessarily that bar A has anything to do with bar B, but bar A and bar B both fit into the main topic of what the song and what he's talking about. So that's definitely a pretty good line right there. The shit y'all doing is played out and through. We coming. You come with that shit, we coming after you. So it's a pretty unique hook there. It's a pretty artistic hook. I like the way they did it. Again, this is not at all about what I like or dislike. Somebody could fucking hate it. They could say, keep repeating, we're coming. Somebody could say, it's just to, do, through, and you on the rhymes, and then they repeat the hook over again. Anybody could have any complaint. You could not like the guy's voice that he used. Again, I, I just don't want to involve any personal opinion or taste or anything like that. But as far as technicality, I like what they did there. I like how they were able to be simplistic in their rhymes with to do through and you and also be repetitive on a hook to where it's catchy and it's easy to remember but they do still have a technical aspect in there where before all their repeats they are rhyming a word every time and it is a different word every time it's to do through you so you have four different rhymes on the four bars and then you just repeat the we coming Technically, it's definitely not anything to carry it above an average song. I still think we're at about even here on an average song, but I, I do like the artistry of it there. So let's get into the second verse, which is by Ice Cube. Fake ass ballers, who we talking to? We Blind on records about what you do. The shit y'all doing is played out and through. The come with that shit, we coming after you. It's the Don Daddy back with the villain. Who you killing? Oh, we hate him. Come verbatim with this cap pillin'. Okay, so it's the Don Daddy with the villain. Who you killing? Oh, we hate them. Come verbatim with this cat peeling. So that's a pretty good line there because you have villain and killing on the first bar which is two two-syllable rhymes. Then he says, oh, we hate them, come verbatim. So you have another two two-syllable rhymes, and then he goes back to Cat Peelin, which is another two-syllable rhyme. So you have an A-A-B-B-A -A -B -B -A rhyme pattern. 
you have five rhymes in two bars and you have two syllables on all five of the rhymes on top of that the line is pretty dope and makes sense it's on point with what the whole song is about the song obviously is about people that are bullshitting in their music and how they don't like it and they're coming after these people. So he starts his verse, it's the Don Daddy with the villain, who you killing? Oh, we hate them, come verbatim with this cat pillin'. For anybody that doesn't know what verbatim means, it means exact. So he's basically saying, oh, we hate those people that come verbatim with this cat pillin'. Like we're gonna fucking kill everybody. Top villain, make a million paparazzi chase us through the tunnel in the Maserati. So you have villain and million, which rhyme on the first one, two syllables on it. Then he has paparazzi chase us through the tunnel in the Maserati. So that's one of those scenarios where bar one only rhymes with itself, bar two only rhymes with itself, as opposed to bar one and two rhyming with each other. Little bit of a cop out there, but... We do have two syllables on all four of the rhymes in the two bars, and it makes sense. Again, Maserati, normally I would say that you could just say any car brand, which you can, but I do at least appreciate that he named a car brand that's very expensive. Okay, so it would be a less potent line had he said something like, you know, um driving and I'm sober in a Toyota or something like that and it's like you're just saying words that rhyme now paparazzi obviously do follow hip-hop artists and uh, entertainers and musicians and stuff like that and a Maserati is a very expensive car that somebody that's rich might have and somebody that's not rich wouldn't have so again while it's not a great line and you could name different car brands there I do like what he did in at least being selective with the car brand and at least having multiple syllables on all of the rhymes in those bars. Now they got me on hard copy, didn't have to shoot Versace, yet you still want to watch me. So he's basically saying that, you know, you got me on hard copy, you want to watch me, this and that. I didn't fucking do anything. I didn't go out. I didn't shoot anybody. You guys follow me around and watch me and come after me and shit. It, you know, as if I'm like a murderer or something and I didn't do anything. You follow me around and you watch me and still nothing on me. Motherfuckers wait they whole fucking life in a day hoping that we can reunite NWA. So now I do want to point out here that again, they're not going to lose points for this. Not every song you make has to be about something. Not every song that's generally about something has to be exactly about it in every bar. That's not what I'm saying. But I just do want to point out here how from the hook and the first verse, we were talking about something specific. And then in the start of Cube's verse, we're talking about something specific. It's the Don Daddy with the villain, who you killing? Oh, we hate them, come verbatim with this cat pillin'. Which was the same thing that the hook and MC Ren's first verse were talking about. And then he took a drastic turn to top bill and make a million paparazzi chasing us through the tunnel in the Maserati. Now they got me on hard copy, didn't have to shoot Versace, yet you still want to watch me. Motherfuckers wait their whole fucking life in a day hoping that we could reunite NWA. Which really has nothing to do with the topic at hand. Again, the lines are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. They, they make sense. They lead into each other well. But Cube, for this particular song was unable to stick to that 
particular topic that they were talking about. And again, while they're not going to lose points for it, there's nothing wrong with it, they're now not going to gain points for having the entire song be about something specific. Okay, so a couple of things with the second half of that verse. He says, All purpose, try to service, get nervous, more murders, shit can just turn into a circus. Again, he does a pretty good job there of... I'm not saying that that's a perfect sentence. All purpose, try to service, get nervous, more murders. But it's not totally random. At least he was able to make the sentences make sense. And he has... Purpose, service, nervous, murders, and circus. So he has five two-syllable rhymes on the two bars there. Again, he gets a little bit random, but the sentences at least make sense. Standing over the carcass, you look like the kind of nigga that had pressed charges. Pretty decent line there. Two syllables on the rhyme, one rhyme per bar, but I like the line. Pretty good line. Again, nothing amazing, nothing special, but... We the largest, we the biggest, we the niggas with the attitudes, we longitude, your latitude, have some gratitude. Now, he has attitudes, latitude, gratitude, which is three, three-syllable rhymes, which is a good thing. And he also has we the largest in the beginning of that bar, which goes back to the two bars before it of carcass and charges. But the line as far as we longitude your latitude, have some gratitude. I can understand to have some gratitude in a certain sense, but I'm not sure why he's pinning that with we longitude your latitude. And I'm really not even sure what we longitude your latitude means. It kind of sounds like just some random bars that he's throwing in there because he wanted to rhyme with attitude and gratitude. And latitude is the easy, obvious thing right there. So again, we're seeing a bit of give and take from cube here i would say more good than bad on this verse but we've seen a little bit of everything he started off with a topic he lost the topic he's taken a couple of shortcuts he's had some two three syllable rhymes in some of the bars um he's had some good lines he's had some simple lines he's had some ones that kind of don't really make any sense or a little bit of a reach or something like that so a little bit all over the place here from cube on this verse which is actually something that I spoke about when I wrote, you know, when I read what I wrote down from Cube about how he was not only inconsistent from verse to verse, but sometimes inconsistent from bar to bar. And I feel like we're seeing that a bit here. Um, to the niggas that started this shit, been around forever, bitch, we smarted this shit. So now it's this shit and this shit. Obviously, that's not a rhyme. It started and smarted. So we have two syllables on the rhyme there. Now, it was a run-on bar he picked up off of Have Some Gratitude to the niggas that started this shit. So, that is another run-on bar there. And then, if you notice, his last couple of bars are blank because it's not a 16-bar verse. Which is, for anybody that doesn't know... Now, again, you don't have to do a 16-bar verse every time. Not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to explain for people that may not understand the music aspects of these things. Normally, when beats are made... 
They're made in 16-bar verses and 8-bar choruses. What the people do with the hooks or the outros or bridges or maybe they change it to 24-bar verses or 32-bar uh, verses or whatever the case is, again, all that is fine. I'm not trying to knock that at all, but the point that I'm trying to make here is that we had a scenario in Cube song where it was Don Mega Mega Don and he kind of wrote his verse out and I attributed it to, ah, you know, whatever. He was just being random and artistic probably. And now, ironically enough, here in a verse, the next thing that we hear from Cube in somebody else's song, he has a 16-bar slot, meaning the beat is made for a 16-bar verse. Cube was obviously given that verse and he did not rhyme 16 bars and then he ends it with kind of just repeating Don Mega Mega MC Ren 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 or whatever like that to just kind of take up the time at the end of the verse. Why he did that, I obviously will never know. Whether he was strapped for time, whether he didn't feel like finishing it, whether he again was being autistic and just being different, I don't know. They're not going to lose points for it on this verse because I do feel like there was probably a little more good than bad on that verse from Cube. So this is not going to carry them below an average song, but now that is two times now in not even two Cube songs, just one Cube song and one Cube verse. That's two times now where we've seen him not really finish his verse and just kind of, you know, repeat something at the end of the verse. So now let's get into the third verse by MC Ren and see how this song ends off. Alright, so Ren says I make the planet groove nigga more than BET Your bitch tied up phoning home like ET so now this is these are pretty good lines because Planet Groove for anybody that doesn't know was on BET. So he's saying I make the Planet Groove more than BET. Again, it's not amazing, it's not great, but it makes sense. It's a pretty good line. And then he says, "Yo, bitch, tied up, phoning home like ET." Now either of these lines by themselves are pretty good lines. They're not amazing. They're not mind blowing. But they're pretty good lines by themselves. My only issue with them is that one has absolutely nothing to do with the other. I make the planet groove nigga more than BET. Your bitch tied up phone and home like ET. On one sentence you're talking about how you're a rapper and you make people dance. And then in the next sentence it's your bitch tied up phone and home like ET. So it's quite random. Again, he would definitely not lose points for something like that at all. But I do just want to point out the difference of... It is B-E-T and E-T, which is really just him stating letters. So there really is no rhyme there. But again, they are different. It's B-E-T and E-T. And the lines themselves by themselves are good lines. They don't really have anything to do with each other. And they don't really lead into each other well. So it's a, again, it's a bit of give and take there from Ren. And I would say that the majority of that probably averages itself out as we have some give and take on it. But uh, they're pretty good lines. So kick in that 50 grand before you find body parts, nigga, in Japan. A motherfucking lyricist, nigga, top clout. I'm making hits. What your bitch ass talking about? So 
He's talking about, again, back to how, you know, kicking that 50 grand before you find body parts in Japan. Japan is certainly one of those things where you are you could have said anywhere before you find body parts in Morocco before you find body parts in Alaska you could have said anything in those two rhymes you better get your money faster before you find body parts in Alaska it's not really a great line it's it's just an easy cop out of a line that same old shoot the mountain smoking 50 blunts that's why your shit ain't come out for like 50 months that's a pretty good line there the 50 blunts, 50 months thing, it, it's a little bit of a reach because of 50 months is totally random. You know, 48 months would be four years. So to say 50 months is totally random, like four years and two months, but the line is good. The only rhyme there is months and blunts, which is just one syllable on the rhyme. But I like the way he kind of flips it on them. Like, you're sitting here bragging about how you're smoking 50 blunts. To me, you sound like a fucking idiot. And on top of that, maybe that's why your shit don't ever fucking come out. Because you're just sitting there smoking fucking weed all day. So, more good than bad on that line there. Again, there's a lot of give and take. Even on Ren's good lines, it's like, well, this is a good line, but. Well, this is a hard line, but. So there's a lot of give and take on both Ren and Cube in this song, and probably in both artists in general, to be honest. Let's see how he finishes up the second half of the last verse, and then we'll score this song. Ain't nobody trying to hear your nigga outdated. Your whack ass quit telling niggas that you made it. I'm never faded like a ghost, villain disappeared. Write some shit to resurrect my dick the next year. 98, 99 to the earthquake. How much garbage these motherfuckers gon' make? You better shake, fuck that, here I come strong. Best believe we're in the rock the shit all night long. We out, huh? Okay, so he says, ain't nobody trying to hear a nigga outdated. You're whack ass. Quit telling niggas you made it. So again, talking about, you know, stop bullshitting on your rhymes. You got made it and date it, which is two two-syllable rhymes on the two bars. The line, again, nothing great, nothing special, but it's a pretty decent line. I'm never faded like a ghost villain disappear. Buy some shit to resurrect my dick the next year. This line is pretty random, and it's not a great bar. Um... Again, it's not terrible. It's not something that I would hear this line and say, "Oh man, this is this is below average." It's not anything like that, but it's it's not a good line. 9899 to the earthquake. How much garbage these motherfuckers going to make? So now 9899 to the earthquake. Kind of random. Um and then he goes into how much garbage these motherfuckers going to make, which again is a pretty good line by itself. I, I like that because not only does it stick to the topic, but it's aggressive and it invokes a reaction. Like, how much fucking garbage are you going to make? Not only do you suck, not only are you bullshitting in your songs, but you just keep making more songs. Like, how much bullshit are you going to make? But again, bar one really has absolutely nothing to do with bar two. We've seen that a bunch of times here from NC Ren. So it kind of seems like when he has a line 
you know, a one bar, one line thing where it's like a, a little bit of a punchline or, or a, you know, kind of a hard line or something like that. He struggles a little bit to find a way to properly lead into that line. The fact that he has said some good lines have stuck him to being average as opposed to going below average so far. But again, a lot of give and take on these lines. You better shake. Fuck that. Here I come strong. Best believe Ren will rock the shit all night long. So you had Shake in the beginning, which went back to Earthquake and Make from the two bars before it. And, you know, saying you better Shake, again, it's he's really just throwing in an extra rhyme there. I mean, that's not really something that anybody would ever say. You better fucking Shake, man. Like, to my knowledge, again, unless, you know, because this is in the late 80s, early 90s on the West Coast, I could be wrong. Maybe you better Shake is something that they said back then a lot, but... To my knowledge, it's not. Again, he's not losing points for it, so it doesn't really matter. I'm just breaking bars down here. And then you just have, you know, here I come strong. Best believe when we're rock the shit all night long. One syllable in the rhyme, one rhyme per bar. Very simple line. Again, a lot of give and take from both guys on every verse in that song. Um, I would say just listening to it by itself right now, it was probably an average song. You know, probably score to one. Again, Listening to X amount of songs in succession could definitely sway that a little bit. So I don't know exactly what it was scored, but I feel safe going with a one for right now. You may or may not have been familiar with MC Ren or his music outside of NWA, but now that you got to hear that, let's see what I wrote down when I was listening to NWA. Ren and Cube were on the same page lyrically, but in a completely different way. While Cube had some hard lines and some weak lines, MC Ren hardly had either. He was, however, able to string bars together and consistently hold topics well. Ren was on not only N.W.A.'s debut album, but also 100 Miles and Running. He then went on to drop five solo albums and an EP, all of which were good. He only had two great songs throughout his 71-song career, but he also never dropped any weak ones, which again speaks well of his consistency. MC Ren didn't go on to have great solo success after NWA, but he did write a lot of lyrics for what some consider one of the biggest rap groups in history, so his impact was there one way or the other. Ren was again mainly your typical West Coast rapper as far as song style and appearance, but NWA did come in kicking the doors down at a time where most others wouldn't. So, I think you saw a pretty decent example of most of that from MC Ren in that song that we just listened to with Cube. And, I, you know, interestingly enough, we got a little bit of a breakdown of how him and Cube were very similar as far as their technical skill lyrically, but very different in the way that they reached that number. So getting into the math of that, lyrics, we got MC Ren also at a 5.5. Albums, he gets a 4.17 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a plus .29. As we spoke about, he had two great songs at a 71 and never dropped the weak one. His impact, he gets a 6, which is a little bit higher than Arabian Prince and a bit lower than Cube. Again, I spoke about how, obviously, Cube, Dre, and Easy are the three main big dudes that you automatically... You know, anybody that, whether you're in hip-hop or not, you probably have heard of Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, and Eazy-E. So just on name alone, those guys obviously had the most commercial success and the most fame and popularity and stuff like that. But again, Arabian Prince and MC Ren 
both parts of one of the biggest groups and the biggest and most iconic and influential groups in hip-hop history. So I think that alone carries them above average. And I do think that Ren's impact was a little bit bigger and better than Arabian Prince's impact, both due to the fact that he stayed with the group longer, was on more songs with the group, had more of a solo career, and put out a larger total body of work. So only a half a point higher. He gets a six where Arabian Prince got a five and a half, but not quite up to par with Ice Cube's eight, who had tremendous commercial success and had a lot of success with things outside of hip-hop that just raised the infamousness of his name in general. And then originality, Ren gets a six and a half. He gets just below Cube, really because, like I stated earlier, everybody in the group was pretty original. Nobody should get under under an average score for originality in this group. Um, Cube was really the most original. Cube wrote a lot of the rhymes for other people as, as well as Ren did. But Cube was a little more original, really mostly in his song topics. Cube certainly had some, some very original song topics that you didn't hear anybody make before Cube. And you really probably haven't heard anybody make since. So I did think that there was a bit of separation there with Ice Cube and the rest of the group as far as originality is concerned where, again, they're all getting above average scores for originality, but I think Ice Cube went a little above and beyond with his artistry to carry him up to an eight, whereas the other guys were more, you know, six and a half, five and a half, things like that. But again, all, all very original artists doing something that at a time was not being done. You add all those numbers up, you divide by five, you get a final score of 4.49, which leaves him in 47th place overall of 117 artists done. Yay! So again, I want to give another big shout out to MC Ren, big shout out to NWA in general. Um, iconic, infamous, influential, tremendously original group that came out and did their own thing and wasn't fucking scared to do what they wanted. So all praise to them 100%. And as far as the, oh, I want to go real quick. Um, we'll do this when we get groups, you know, of, of more than two guys or whatever. I just want to go over the order of where these artists in particular finish. Out of these guys in the group, we have Ice Cube with the top finish at 17th place. Then we have Ren, who's next behind Ice Cube in 47th place, so 30 slots behind Ice Cube. And then we have Arabian Prince, who's all the way back in 82nd. Um, these are all of 117 artists done. So their order of where they finish would be Cube, Ren, and Arabian Prince. Now, let's get into the current list. We are in May. This is the first episode for May, so um, for the rest of this month, we're going to recap only the top 20% of artists covered now. We're not doing 25% anymore. Obviously, as we go along, more and more artists done. So if I was to stick to the same percentage, these lists would get longer and longer every week. We're going to try to keep them, you know, in general somewhere between a top one and a top 50. A top 50 is going to be later, later, later down the line when this is you know, almost done. But for now, it's going to be between a top one and 10 for probably the most of the eighties. Um, we get into the nineties, it might get into a top 25 around there, maybe a top 15 or 20 or so. And then, you know, maybe later on down the line, like post 2010, we might get more near a top 50, even though we're doing a very low percent. So far we have 
39 artists covered. And this is going to be a top 8 today as a 20%. So at the top, we still have KRS-One, who is in 6th place of 117 artists done. Next, we have Slick Rick, who's in 8th place of 117 artists done. Directly behind him in 9th place, we have Rakim. Next, we have Rev Run of Run DMC, who's in 12th of 117 artists done. Directly behind him in 13th is LL Cool J. Behind him, we have Will Smith in 15th of 117 artists done. And then behind him, we have DMC and Ice Cube tied for 17th of 117 artists done. I want to point out real quickly what's going on here for anybody that's having a little bit of a hard time following in any way. That was our top eight today. Now, obviously, we only got to number seven because DMC and Ice Cube are tied for seventh, but there is eight names on there. Now, when I say KRS-One is at the top, but he's in sixth place, he's at the top of everybody that we've gone through in these podcasts so far. But overall, of everybody that I've done, which is 117 artists, he is overall in sixth place. So there are five people that I am done with currently who have finished in front of KRS-One. But we haven't gotten up to them in this podcast yet. I also want to point out that you've been hearing for a while now that DMC of Run DMC has been tied for 17th place of 117 artists, but we did not know who he was tied for 17th place with because we didn't get up to that person yet. Today we did, it was Ice Cube. So through all of that, when you were hearing DMC being tied for 17th place, he was tied with Ice Cube. We just weren't up to Ice Cube in the study yet. So interesting to see that pop out today. So to recap the top 20% of where we're at so far right now, our top 20% is KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, LL Cool J, Will Smith, and then we have DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube tied for the last slot there. Let's get to our top 10% lyrically. Nothing changes here as none of these guys have jumped in front of anybody that we have so far. In first, we have KRS-One who gets a score of 7. Behind him, tied for second, we have Will Smith and Rakim with scores of 6.5 lyrically. And then behind them, we have Big Daddy Kane and Slick Rick tied for 4th with a lyrical score of 6. So just to recap your top 10% lyrically real quick, it's KRS-One, Will Smith and Rakim tied, and then Big Daddy Kane and Slick Rick tied for 4th after that. If you'd like to see any of these full lists, give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast, everything spelt normally. If you'd like to support and donate on my anchor profile, that is www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes, everything spelt normally. And that's pretty much it for uh, week 16, man. Again, big shout out to NWA, big shout out to our top 20%. Big shout out to our top 10% lyrically. Um, I got nothing but good things to say about the artists covered today. Again, I wasn't the biggest personal fan growing up, but I certainly don't dislike any of them. And Legends in Hip Hop Man, iconic, if nothing else, for just being a part of NWA. But that concludes episode 16. Episode 17 next week will be MC Light and the Jungle Brothers. So... Not really as big a names as we've had the past couple of weeks, but we're still in the golden era of hip-hop right now, and uh, I'm excited to continue on and close out the 80s coming up within the next 
about month and a half or so will be the end of season one. So thanks again for joining me for episode 16. I'll see you next week. Tale of the Tapes. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well.